0: Money FM 89.3, the best of prime time. In the spotlight on Money FM 89.3. Thanks for joining us on Primetime. I'm Bharati Jagdish. Looking at some of the top stories you should be paying attention to this week, including the significance of the U.S. midterm elections, the prospect of a future Donald Trump presidency, and what to look out for at this week's ASEAN Summit in Cambodia. Jonathan Fruin joins us. He is senior journalist with BBC World Service Partner Hub in London. Hi, Jonathan. Hi, Barati. So, Jonathan, in the U.S. tomorrow, voters go to the polls for the midterm elections. These are being closely watched. Talk to us about what you're observing.
1: Well, two years after every presidential election, there's another major national election, mostly affecting congressional races. For some states, governorships and other local political positions, as you say, they're called the midterms. Every seat in the House of Representatives is up for grabs, and around a third of the seats in the Senate are up for election. At the moment, President Biden's Democrats have a narrow majority in the House and a wafer thin advantage in the Senate, split 50-50, with Vice President Kamala Harris being called on regularly in her role as President of the Senate to break ties. Earlier this year, the situation looked pretty bleak for the Democrats, with Republicans riding high in the polls. But the Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, the case that enshrined a nationwide right to abortion, galvanized Democratic voters and led to a significant upturn in support for Democrats. But from their perspective, that may have come a little too soon, as polls are currently leaning back towards a Republican advantage in the House and potentially Republican control of the Senate again, though that remains a bit more on a knife edge. The issues that the U.S. faces around high inflation, rising crime and concerns about the economy appear to be those worrying voters the most. So it looks as though a return to a more conventional mid-term race where voters have the chance to give the President's administration a bit of a bloody noses on the card. And uh, as you were just discussing, it's important because if Republicans take control of Congress, President Biden's legislative agenda would effectively stall. He'd not like to be able to get very much done in the second half of his term as President. There be major fights over issues like the debt ceiling, how much the government can borrow and other budget initiatives. And if the Republicans win the House, they would also stop the January 6th committee hearings exploring the attack on the Capitol back in January last year. And they'd probably begin investigations into President Biden's son Hunter's business dealings in China and elsewhere. Plus, Republican control of the Senate would mean that it would be very difficult for President Biden to make the judicial and other political appointments that he would like to see, as those all have to be approved by the Senate.
0: Let's talk about the results that we should look out for. What are the key Senate races?
1: Well, there's 35 seats up for grabs in the Senate, but only a handful of them, four or five, will determine who has control of the upper chamber. It'll come down to Pennsylvania, um Pennsylvania, which is currently Republican, but an open seat. So there are two new candidates there. Georgia, Arizona, and Nevada are all seats with a Democratic incumbent, but where the polls show a nice-edge balance and which are worth watching very closely. If Republicans win in two of those seats out of the four, they will win control of the Senate. In the House, all 435 seats are up for grabs, but there are only around 30 or 40 that could go either way. Some of the traditionally Democratic states are worth watching. If Democrats start losing seats in places like New York, Colorado, Oregon, Washington, and California... That would be a sign of a Republican wave and an indication that they'll win comfortably in the House of Representatives.
0: What is being said about a Donald Trump presidency in 2024? I know that people are discussing it quite vociferously.
1: Well, the outcome of these midterm elections could either damage Donald Trump's prospects or put a lot of wind in his sails because he's put his reputation on the line in a number of key races during these campaigns where he backed candidates that the establishment more traditional Republican kingmakers didn't like. So if for some reason they lose and Republicans see that Donald Trump's endorsement of those candidates caused them to lose control of the Senate, say, when they could have won it, that would likely boost Donald Trump's political Rivals within the Republican Party. And of course, there are implications for Joe Biden as well. He would definitely be damaged if Democrats really get swept away in a Republican wave in the midterms. So it's all to play for. And there is some reporting out of the U.S. that Donald Trump could announce his candidacy in the coming days, possibly as soon as next Monday.
0: Who are the Democratic candidates to watch out for?
1: Well, one of the key races is the Pennsylvania race, as I was uh, mentioning. So Mm. there you've got the TV doctor, Mehmet Oz who's backed by Donald Trump, up against John Fetterman, who's a Democrat. He's a kind of larger than life, figure six foot eight, always wears a hoodie and shorts. And um, he was riding very high in the polls in Pennsylvania, although he had a stroke earlier this year. And that has uh, that has put things back for him somewhat. And he went head to head in a debate with Dr. Oz uh, a couple of weeks ago and struggled somewhat um, in the eyes of some of the political observers. And uh, and that's put that one, as I say, on an ice edge, although that is currently held by a Republican.
0: Now, the thing is, a lot of people see this as a very distant occurrence. It's happening in the U.S., but clearly it will have implications on this part of the world as well, on Asia and, of course, the U.K., where you are. So what exactly should people be bracing themselves for in terms of impact
1: well, I mean, what, one of the issues that's worth watching out for is what happens to support for Ukraine, um, because, of course, that's one of the central issues that's affecting um, global geopolitics at the moment. And the Democrats are squarely behind support for Ukraine. But there are some in the Republican Party who are, who are less um, full-throated in their support for Ukraine. I mean, I think Generally speaking, the leadership in, in the House and the Senate on the Republican side are in favor of support for Ukraine and, and economic support. But, um, but there are those in the party who are, who are sounding a note of skepticism. And certainly in polls, support for full-throated support for Ukraine is, is, is waning somewhat. And so uh, it will be interesting to see how that issue plays out. <laughs>
0: Now, here's the thing, Jonathan. A lot of people watching the COP27 climate summit, climate conference. But we have a summit that's taking place in this part of the world that is significant as well. Later in the week in Cambodia, the ASEAN summit, as well as the East Asia summit. Talk to us about the agenda.
1: Well, I mean, ASEAN dates back to 1967 with members including Thailand, the Philippines, Malaysia and, of course, uh, Singapore. Its aims are to accelerate economic growth and cultural development in the region, as well as promote regional peace and collaboration. So economic development will be on the agenda and no doubt how to tackle the global challenge around cost of living issues. But there will also be some other regional issues. One of the key challenges is the kind of tug of war that you've got between China and the U.S. for influence. U.S. President Joe Biden is planning to visit Cambodia for the East Asia Summit and China's Premier Li Keqiang is also attending meetings there. Now, President Biden is hoping to use the opportunity to make the case for diplomatic neutrality and strengthened economic ties. But experts point out that countries like Laos Myanmar and Cambodia have very strong ties with China. So it's tricky for that ASEAN block to cozy up to the United States. So what tends to happen is members of ASEAN try to maintain cordial relations with both of the big power brokers without getting too close to or upsetting either side.
0: Mm. And that's the thing. Some analysts have said that in the near future, they might actually have to take sides. It would be between the US and China. What have you been hearing about this?
1: Well, it's, it's- tricky to say, isn't it? Of course, one of the key issues is uh, what happens with Taiwan. I think Mm. if if China does something dramatic in terms of an invasion or or some other attempt to take back control of Taiwan, um, all bets are off. We we don't know what the outcome of that sort of scenario would be. But um, of course, Joe Biden recently said that he would um, support um, Taiwan militarily if, uh, if there was an attempt to
0: Now, let's talk about Myanmar, where the military overthrew a democratic government last year. It's also likely to be top of mind at ASEAN. You mentioned it briefly earlier. How far exactly might this go as part of the meeting?
1: Well, ASEAN has tried to broker a deal since shortly after the military junta overthrew Aung San Suu Kyi's government early last year, and around 18 months ago, ASEAN agreed a five-point peace plan with Myanmar that was hoped would improve the situation there. That plan includes engaging in a constructive dialogue, access for humanitarian aid, and a special ASEAN envoy, but there's been little progress towards implementing it. Last week, Retno Marsudi, the foreign minister of Indonesia, which is due to chair ASEAN next year, said that blame for a lack of progress lies with the junta in Myanmar and not with ASEAN. She added, that her Southeast Asian counterparts are coming up with fresh recommendations to begin implementing the peace plan ahead of the Leaders' Summit this week. ASEAN has said it remains committed to the so-called five-point peace consensus, even as frustration grows among member states over escalating violence in Myanmar, including a recent airstrike on a concert which killed as many as eighty people, including musicians, and elsewhere the execution of democracy activists. In response to ASEAN's remarks of Myanmar Junta spokesperson blamed armed resistance movements for violence, saying pressure to set a time frame will create more negative implications than positive ones. Now one challenge is that ASEAN has barred Myanmar's generals from attending high level meetings and the Junta has not allowed non political representatives to participate.
0: I understand you are also following another development in Europe, specifically in France, where the cost of living has really begun to bite and you're expecting nationwide strikes there.
1: Yes, there's been quite a lot of industrial strife in France recently, largely related to the ongoing cost of living crisis affecting so many parts of the world. Workers basically don't think their pay settlements are keeping up with high inflation, so living standards are being gradually eroded. There were strikes at French oil refineries throughout the month of October, which led to widespread shortages of vehicle fuels. But the government in France took action to, ref- to force refinery workers back to their jobs, and the crisis has generally subsided. Now, France, of course, is no stranger to direct action, and unions have called a nationwide strike this Thursday, November the 10th. Similar actions were held on October the 18th and 27th, and schools and transport were disrupted, though not quite as much as had initially been expected. Still, there were widespread marches, and a number of protesters were arrested, and nine police officers were injured in those protests as well. So this Thursday's action seems set to continue what could be a tense period for France, as President Macron seeks to implement an increase to the French retirement age. It's one of his flagship policies which is widely opposed and will also be a challenge from a legislative perspective as he didn't secure an overall majority in June's legislative elections in France. So it's thought that this week's strike could have more of an impact than the last two days of nationwide action.
0: All right. Thank you very much for that, Jonathan. Jonathan Fruin, Senior Journalist with BBC World Service Partner Hub in London. Thanks for joining us on Primetime. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.